Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Well, hopefully by now you have heard our multiple reports, both with myself, Doug Thornton, Doug Hagman. Uh, we have put it out there ad nauseum. And the reality is this, is that uh, the invasion is, uh, well, let's say it's underway. How bad is it going to get? I don't know. Uh, but we're going to talk to Sam about events, Sam Arnold, our guest, about events south of the border. And we'll tie it into some of this, which you've already heard before. And Sam will have some things that may seemingly be unrelated. We'll just have to kind of filter as we go because Sam is in such a remote location. We don't get the opportunity to usually converse on a personal nature very often uh, because of the conditions of the connections. And we are challenged because it's taken us now... Oh, about uh, 15, 16 minutes to establish a good connection. But uh, we're glad to have Sam. We'll be going to him in just a moment. But first, got to take care of a little business. We have some sponsors for our show. One is our food product, storable food product. And folks, don't let the grass grow under your feet. If you don't act now and if you're paying attention, I'm sure you'll agree that you could soon be in a Biden food line. Do you trust him to take care of you? I don't think so. They have depraved indifference. They even hate America. So, no, don't put yourself in that position. My Patriot Supply hasn't raised prices. They have specials galore. And in addition, they have restaurant-quality food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, 25-year shelf life, and 2,000 calories per day. If you don't have the food, uh, you're condemned to be in the rampaging hordes that will be running the streets, hopefully not committing acts of violence, but certainly being around it as you search for the products that you did not store when we had the chance to prep. So go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com. Take care of that need now. Also, if you have a nest egg to protect, uh, (laughs) Noble Gold's the best there is. I'm a customer, have been for almost five years. So at this point, I'm going to interject the Federal Trade Commission's warning. Past success has nothing to do with future success and any investment carries an inherent risk i'm glad we have to give that uh, disclaimer i appreciate that because i want people to know that nothing's guaranteed but i've been a customer of noble gold for almost five years been advertising for a total of six so what i'm telling you right now i'm living what i'm preaching and if you stay in the banks you're going to have a 1929 moment we're already building towards it noble gold can save your retirement and by the way you should know the dodd frank law 2010 says they can take your money anytime once you put it in the bank so please heed the warning let me send you a free information packet you'll have to call noble gold they're not will not pester you they're very professional they don't do high pressure sales at all and in fact actually i've told a story about how i had to close my own deal so let me send that packet to you go to davehodgesgold.com that's davehodgesgold.com and if we're going to suffer let's suffer in uh, well comfort shall we suffer in comfort okay well the MyPillow people are giving you incredible discounts. Two for one, 75% off. Depends on the product. To see the product line and the discount, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Coupon code for the discount that's there on the screen that you'll see is Hodges. So MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Well, Sam is broadcasting this to us from an unknown location in FEMA camp, 
XXX, little hyperbole here, uh, because uh, Mexico has uh, broken away from United States colonialism to a large extent, and uh, they're standing alone. Sam is, like I said, in a protected location as a refugee of the Mexican government and President AMLO, and he had to escape the clutches of this administration. I, I've seen the documents. He showed them to me live when we were uh, sharing video. So, Sam, welcome to the show. I trust you're well and safe. And uh, what do you have for us as far as the latest Latin American situation? And we'll look for tie-ins to what I'm learning. Thank you, Dave. I'm with bated breath waiting to uh, hear what you have to say. Right now, the bullets are flying uh, on my side of the border, on the southern side of the border, and very close to my broadcast location. Very, very close this day. And I wanted to just fill the audience in a little bit. There have been explosions and refinery fires. There was a refinery fire in Matamoros, which is right up against the Rio Grande and the U.S. border, on uh, May Day, on the the 1st of May, which was Monday, the national holiday of communists worldwide, a Pemex, Petroleos Mexicanos. uh, It wasn't a refinery. It was actually a uh, warehousing facility for trucks, and, you know, big tanks to hold petroleum, tr- petroleum distillate. And it exploded and caught on fire so big that the smoke was visible for 40 miles into the USA. So that's just one thing that happened on May Day. And, uh, we've been trying to solve the enigma of whether that was the CIA, whether it was the spooks inspectors, whether it was a cartel faction or, uh, who exactly was behind that. But what I wanted to tell is that there's a major shakeup in the cartels in this key area for trafficking migrants. And so un- underneath of the flow of all of this chaos, there's actually forward progress by the central government of Mexico. And now the cartels are fighting one another on a new level that hasn't been before. We're talking 20 vehicle convoys and uh, convoys of even armored vehicles, what they call the monster trucks that have artisanal that is homemade armor they've been fighting the cartel del golfo gulf cartel has been fighting against the cartel jalisco which is mostly based in the south and this is really exciting because it's kind of a death throw for these cartels. once they come out and expose their their armored vehicles all of a sudden they're sitting ducks for the mexican military which is rolled in very hard so there's a lot going on in my little part of the world that's aside from the Chinamen and the Haitians all moving towards the border. As you know, next week, Title 42 is supposed to end. Okay. I have a suspicion on who's lighting the oil fields in Mexico on fire and blowing them up, if you don't mind me speculating. I'd like to hear that. And let me just throw out one more detail. In the news in the last 24 hours, there's been an enormous fire at a Deer Park, Texas, uh, refinery facility. That facility is next door to the Mexican-owned refinery that AMLO bought. The refinery that makes Mexico self-sufficient in gasoline and diesel. It's in Texas. It's there on the east part of, of uh, Houston, right in Deer Park. And so what you're seeing in the news is actually the next door property to the Mexican, the Pemex facility and Pemex workers, Pemex firefighters ran over to assist that facility. That's how close it is. And I actually wonder whether the intent was to strike the Pemex facility. You go ahead, Dave. Well, Pemex, in case people don't know, is the nationalized oil company that runs that resource for Mexico. Would you agree with that definition? Yes, it's government-owned. It's the government-owned yes. petroleum company, like Brazil's Petrobras. Yeah, and I know Mexico's trying to resist Chinese takeovers. I have an inside source in Pemex, uh, and this information goes back years. In fact, do you remember where his inf- intel coincided with your intel in the four northern Mexican states with regard to housing illegal immigrants prior to the opening the borders? So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of... Lot of uh, corresponding confirming evidence but anyway my suspicion here sam is this is that mexico has broken with the west they we don't want your digital you know satan mark of the beast currency we're going gold back which puts them in alliance with china and russia and i this is i think america's uh striking back at mexican um disobeying uh their colonial masters 
edicts to follow in line with American policy. Now, I'm not suggesting Mexico should be a colony, but it's been treated like a colony. Sam, I lost your sound here. Just a minute here. I should be on right now. That's correct, Dave. Uh, Mexico is is really standing on its own two feet as a nation. And their self-sufficiency in gasoline and diesel from production all the way through the refinement to the use of it is a real threat to the globalists of the world because that, that makes uh, Mexico totally out from underneath. For example, Germany has been under Russia's thumb because of these pipelines for some time. And so that gave the globalists a, a great deal of leverage over the nation of Germany politically. And Mexico breaking free of that is a huge deal. You were talking about the Chinese takeover in Pemex. Really, they had taken over a good part of it. And ever since taking power four years ago, Andres Manuel has been pushing the Chinese out. And we hear a lot in the USA about uh, human trafficking and about drug trafficking. But a huge problem in Mexico has been huachicolero. That is the stealing of fuel. There's gasoline, refined gasoline and refined diesel fuel going through ducts that cross the whole nation of Mexico. And there were clandestine taps on those in so many places. And then entire stations were selling soul, uh, pirated stolen fuel. There's even Pemex stations in Houston. If you go to the Spanish-speaking areas, I was really shocked to see them a few years ago. And the word on the street is that they were supplied by 100% huachicol, stolen fuel. And so the fuel trafficking has been an enormous racket. And the rumor is that Rick Perry and some other high-ranking Texas politicians are deep in on the fuel theft racket. How deep and, and, and how far that goes will remain to be seen. Sometime we'll find a string to pull and we'll see how much of the sweater unravels. But just the sight of Pemex stations in, in Texas was a shock to me. I'm shocked. I have not heard of these uh, politicians being involved in fuel theft. Do you have any more detail on that? Just that it's an enormous problem in Mexico. And sometimes a statistic will come out in the Mexican press, and the statistics are enormous, like 1,700 tanker trucks per day crossing the border into the U.S., and that's totally unregulated because uh, crooks have let them in. So just in the past few days, Governor Abbott has cracked the whip again. And in Matamoros, he's doing a 100 percent vehicle inspection of trucks that come across the border from Mexico. And uh, if you talk to any professional driver, a real uh, commercial 18 wheeler driver, their greatest fear is something that the average person never notices. It's the light blue sky blue colored police cars out on the interstate, which are labeled DOT, Department of Transportation. Because while any cop may nick them for speeding or rolling a stop sign, that DOT officer will walk around their entire vehicle and write up extremely expensive violations for wear on their air hoses, brakes, tire tread depth, and a million other things that a, a, a civvy driver never thinks about. And so those kind of officers, even though they're at the state level, are walking around every commercial vehicle that comes across the border in Matamoros. And by doing that, Greg Abbott cuts down the international commerce and really he really puts a stranglehold on both nations. I'm not saying that those vehicles shouldn't pass inspection, but uh, it's just it's just a little underhanded way of, of uh, strangling things. And what I'd like to really say by that is that there's all these illegal vehicles crossing every day that nobody inspects. Like with nobody cocaine inspects. and fentanyl in it, right? And thousands and thousands and thousands of truckloads of gasoline and diesel. It's a huge problem that a lot of Americans have never heard of, but it's in the news every day in Mexico. It's a major battle. When AMLO took the presidency, he immediately dusted off their old Grumman F-5 jet fighters and had them patrolling the duct lines, the the underground pipes that crisscross the nation of Mexico, and they found a lot of clandestine taps. But for him to call out the Air Force like that and for them to use their fighter assets, very valuable in Mexico. And for him to do that, 
just shows how big of a national problem it was. Yeah, Sam, I, I got a question. You just triggered a thought in me, and there's a current event to support the questions being asked. Um, I'm wondering now, when the spy balloons flew over the United States, there was more than one, and I wonder if they were looking for uh, underground piping so they could attack oil refinery pipes and disrupt the flow of what would be needed to move military around, which is fuel. And uh, a secondary situation has arisen in the last couple days where Mexico told the U.S. to take a hike and they blocked, they tried to block our ability to track a Chinese balloon coming into Mexican territory. I don't know if you have any knowledge of this, but you triggered that thought in me when you were talking. Uh, I had another article I wanted to talk about where Mexico told the U.S. to take a hike. And uh, let me just see if I could find that here. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, this is this week's news. And it tells about, it, this is uh, 24RS.MX, and it tells how uh, Andres Manuel threatened a diplomatic protest. Let me see, I'm reading this in Spanish. I didn't think we were going to go here, so I don't have my thoughts on 100%. That's fine. That's fine. I think... We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time is this pushing us towards some confirmation of what i just asked you what the mexican president it did not have to do with a balloon what the mexican president accused the u.s of is that there is a campaign against the governor of tamaulipas which of course is the state that we're talking about now with the refinery fires. It's Matamoros, it's Reynosa, and the famous city of Victoria. It's beyond the tip of Texas. And this is where Cabeza de Vaca was in power for six years. Yeah, tell, tell the covers. audience real quick, Sam. Sorry to interrupt you, but Cabeza de Vaca, we covered him a lot the last few years, and he's a criminal. But I want you just to give a brief overview for someone who's listening for the first time why the choice of this state is important and the connection with this corrupt, uh, defamed ex-leader. Okay, everybody who's thinking about a Red Dawn invasion has the idea of people hiding in the bushes. 
they don't see an organized army. And there literally was an organized army that was anti-American, that was all about drug trafficking. And it was headed by ex-governor Francisco Javier Garcia Cabeza de Vaca. Now, he just got pushed out as the governor. His term ended in uh, October. And so here we're seven months into the new governorship of Tamaulipas. Governor Cabeza de Vaca is rumored to be the head of the Gulf Cartel. Now that the cartels are fighting, and I'm talking about in my neighborhood today, within a handful of miles from where I'm broadcasting, the reason those cartels are fighting is because they lost their boss of all bosses, the Capo de Tutti Capi, the one who was uh, on top of all the cartels and divvying up the territories and the profits. And that was the governor, Cabeza de Vaca. So his term ended 48 hours before his term ended. He disappeared. No one heard hide nor hair of him for four months. And then he appears at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo on parade in front of thousands of people. So this is the CIA-backed cutout that he tried to lead as a governor, a rebellion against AMLO's presidency. They want to call AMLO a communist, which he's not. He's really very much in the center. And uh, Cabeza de Vaca was even courting Donald Trump as president and saying, hey, we want to be tough on crime. Before he even courted Donald Trump, he courted the CIA. He went and met with Sid Miller, the agricultural commissioner of Texas, and with George P. Bush, the very powerful Texas land commissioner. And he asked for merit initiative money, which is basically a CIA uh, a slush fund to build policing organizations ostensibly to fight drug trafficking. What happened in this case is he built a private army got vehicles, equipment, guns, aircraft, all donated from the USA, and a lot of training as well. And so he built his private army, and they were the ones that uh, kidnapped and extorted and disappeared any person that stood up against the criminal empire of Governor Cabeza de Vaca. So this is the worst criminal in all of the Americas, in the whole Western Hemisphere, and in the history of Mexico. And he... He's living openly in Texas now, having public events. On May Day, he was at Rice University, sitting there with a former Mexican presidential candidate. We call him uh, Ricky Riquin. He's actually, uh, this is Ricardo, I'll think of his name, but he, he was one of the four major candidates last time for the presidency of Mexico. And he's actually... Uh, romantically engaged with a Rockefeller heir who may be male or female or both. Anyway. <laughs> or both? Okay. Do they, do they, do they people, double date in this relationship? I'm sorry. Anyway. Um, go ahead. They double dip anyhow. Yeah. You, okay. you took this is a family show, I, Sam. <laughs> this, this is the attempt to destroy Mexico via a coup, via an assassination, via them sending in their own candidate with tons of CIA money to uh, enter the election. AMLO still has not fully reformed Mexico's electoral system. And even with voter ID, biometric voter ID, there's very extensive fraud, very extensive swamp uh, activity within the National Electoral Institute. And so he's he's not done cleaning that out. The, the jury is still out whether the 2024 election will be the voice of the people or not. Twice the election was stolen from Andres Manuel. The third time, finally, he did it, uh, maybe with help from foreign powers to come in and, and uh, cut down electioneering and election fraud, which had been used to rob him two different times. When it comes out in the news that Trump uh, feels that he was defrauded of an election, Andres Manuel stated, well, I suffered this twice. And so this is a, even though they come from opposite sides of the aisle, when Trump tells the world that the election was stolen from him in 2020, Andres Manuel has been open to that. He has been uh, receptive to that because he actually suffered it two different times. So we'll see whether the voice of the people comes out. But the, the person that the swamp of the world, the CIA, the deep state, the uh the State Department, all of them, the person they want in power in Mexico is Cabeza de Vaca. The fact that he's walking free is just a testimony to the power of the swamp 
on both sides of the border. It's very difficult for me to give a concise introduction to who Cabeza de Vaca is. His replacement is Dr. Americo Villarreal. And this is a, a, a very honest medical doctor. He's part of uh, AMLO's party. He won the election with a lot of battle. I mean, there were polling stations being guarded by uh, cartel gunmen. There were boxes of votes stolen and destroyed in the street. The the army and the national guard was called you're, out. You're to not you're not talking uh, Philadelphia, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's similar what's happening on both sides of the border. No, this is in dusty little towns in the north of Mexico. Wow. But the army had to come out and, and, and cut the chains off the front of the polling place at gunpoint so that people could go in and vote or come out and clear roadblocks or come out and stand there with their armored vehicles to scare off the cartel gunmen so that the people of these little villages could go in and give their fingerprint and cast their vote. And that's how thin it was. That's how that's that's how hot it was just in October of 2022 to get Dr. Americo uh, elected. And once he took power, so the election was a little before that. He took power in October of 2022. And what Andres Manuel said, and this is just this week, is that there is a plot against Governor Americo Villarreal. So he's talking about that there is that the USA is sending money to NGOs, non-governmental organizations, which are then tampering with border affairs and domestic affairs in Mexico. And then the president called that very serious names when he threatened to levy a, a formal diplomatic protest. He said that this is, uh, that this is interventionism, interventionism, and that it's a violation of Mexico's sovereignty. So aside from anything exploding, this is the interventionism that's already happening. And we're talking about money that goes to the Red Cross, money that goes to uh, Catholic charities is a big one. I, I drive by where all the Haitians are, and there's the there's the nuns in their habit with their click, clipboard issuing documents and checking people in and out, giving them their, their paperwork to cross over the border, just in case anybody wanted to know who was really at the root of that issue. Okay, I'm I'm making the connections here. We'll kind of backtrack here to hit that, but I'm not surprised uh, Debaca is not in, he's involved. Um, the, the state you mentioned, uh, I always forget how to say it. Tam, Tamaulipas. That's close. Okay. Tamaulipas. Tamaulipas. Okay. Well, anyway, in my Anglo accent here, uh, that particular state has been at the center of a lot of controversy, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And while we're seeing these gun battles of the, the May Day week, I, I really want to lay out one very important fact, and this is a little bit of good news. Uh, we talked about Cabeza de Vaca's administration. His uh, attorney general that he appointed, and that's Irving Barrios Mojica, Irving Barrios, he's still in power. He's still the attorney general. And I believe that he's covering for all this criminal activity. What's, his, so, what's his name again? Irving Barrios. There's another name you mentioned, too. Uh, Mojica. That's his oh. matriarchal. Okay, so he, he's like the last of the Mohicans? Something something <laughs> like that. Yeah, but what does he do? I, I haven't heard his name before. or I probably would have made fun of his name before that. But tell me what he does. Someone once said famously, you can't have an underworld without an overworld. You must control the mayor, the chief of police, and the prosecuting attorney to have mob activity in any major city. Okay, that's a great place to start. So if you look at a city like Chicago, that's the deal. For them to have very advanced underworld activity, they have to control the mayor, the chief of police, and the prosecuting attorney. Then their henchmen get set free when they're guilty of something and the prosecuting attorney is chasing around wild goose chases or irrelevant players and, and then protecting the uh the real the real mobsters so that's what's happening in Tamaulipas is 
there has not been independence between the prosecuting attorney's office and the governor's office. They were very much in cahoots with Cabeza de Vaca. And he appointed Barrios, but the whole idea is the governor's term is six years. At the midpoint of his term, he appoints the prosecuting attorney who serves the last three years of his administration and the first three years of the next governor. So that's set up to maintain independence of the prosecuting attorney's office. But in this case, the 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 infection had spread to them all. And so this prosecuting attorney lets the real mobsters go and then chases around uh, petty criminals. And so what happened just this week in Tamaulipas, and starting on the weekend, it came out on uh, May the 2nd, which was Tuesday, is when the news came out. But this was an operation that actually happened over the weekend. A major capo in the Gulf cartel by the name of La Cabra was arrested. And the feds did this. Now, they had done this before, but it's a major it's a major step up the force continuum is for them to not consult with the state attorney general, for them to not use state resources, but for them to come right into the state of Tamaulipas with federal prosecutors from the federal uh, attorney general's office in Mexico City and, and 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 bust somebody, arrest them on the spot. And so they had done that before. They did it a year ago with. El Huevo Trevino in the city of Nuevo Laredo. And when they did that, the gun battles that erupted across the city were just amazing. But they got him out quickly. Within 48 hours, he was in Tijuana on the other side of the country, crossed across the border crossing under, under cover because there's, it's all under roof there between Tijuana and San Diego. And they handed him over to the U.S. Marshals and the FBI for prosecution in the United States. The moment he was arrested, his hitmen went into action and attacked 28 police stations. Some were police, some were National Guard barracks, and some were Army barracks. Can you imagine that? An Army barracks that they know is full of armed soldiers, the the cartel hitmen come and attack that, and not just one. Well, they have China behind them. I'm not surprised. Right. Well, this is what the president of Mexico is confronting right now. When he did that and all those counterattacks came, he sent the authorization and 700 troops from the, the National Army with air assets went to Nuevo Laredo and restored order. So horrible shootouts. We still do not have – I have not seen any numbers on how many people are missing, injured, or dead from that. But it was a successful campaign. And so here uh, a year later, the central government did it again. They sent their prosecutors from the, the central Mexico City Attorney General's office. That Their police came into Tamaulipas and arrested El Huevo Trevino. His real name is Hugo Salinas Cortinez. And he is one of the, the top capos of the Gulf Cartel. And so they arrested him and took him out of town. After that, that's when the gun battle started. But this time they didn't just go after every police station. They wound up fighting with a rival cartel. And so this is really the hand of God, Dave. First of all, that the, that the central government took that bold step. And second, like so many battles in the Bible, the Lord's people went out to battle and then the army that they were up against, it was every man's sword against his brother. They, they'd kill one another on the battlefield. And so that's what we're seeing. Even though there's a lot of news out right now that there's chaos in the north of Mexico, it's really a very good kind of chaos because the bad guys are fighting one another, and now the military has been deployed to... The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Take all of them out. Yeah, but the news is not good on our side of the border, and it does engulf uh, the other side of the border. Um, ladies and gentlemen, forgive me, because I know a lot of you have heard this. I'll make this as brief and concise, but Sam may not be privy to this. Sam, I've, we broke this story. Doug Thornton and I did. 
um, two nights ago, uh, three nights ago, four nights ago, by the time this airs. And what we know is there was a high-level uh, multi-jurisdictional meeting in El Paso, Texas, feds of all types, uh, local law enforcement of all types, state law enforcement. Abbott was aware of it. He had representatives there. And what they were talking about was the fact that Title 42 hasn't taken effect yet at that time, but people were still crossing the border in mass and endangering people in El Paso. The police can't make arrests because it's an overwhelming problem. And I literally take a mass murder to get a police response now. And you have roving gangs all the way through the city of El Paso. There's nowhere safe. The police were saying in this meeting that Doug and I both have sources that have talked. They said that they can't protect home invasions. They can't protect businesses. And so um, this was in response to Title 42. The numbers vary. The Border Patrol is pushing for the closure of some of the crossings. So their estimates come in at 850,000 between May 12th and May 18th. The, um, the, the uh, who was it, uh, DHS had a... Um, projection and it came this came to me through my border patrol sources of 1.4 million in the 48 border crossings so they're talking about these are proposals now i'm going to mention doesn't mean they're going to happen but they discussed the following martial law in the four border states closing down the airports and transmitting uh, illegal aliens into the interior of the country to reduce the pressure on the border how convenient right that's their convenient excuse and uh, the concern that was expressed in this meeting was infectons in huge numbers crossing the border and that they could be Ebola positive or uh, Denege fever. We choose one. Uh, we, we think if it's intentional, it's going to be Ebola, Marburg's disease combined with smallpox. And they don't need to implicate China. It's just an immigrant problem to spread this. So that's what's breaking, Sam. And uh, there's many people now, let's put it this way, DHS and even HHS left this meeting and they, their people started talking. This was not a secure meeting. Uh, Biden's threatening, uh, no, excuse me, Abbott's threatening to close down the border, but I don't think that's going to happen because you and I uh, did a show where you exposed uh, Abbott's connection with the four northern states and when all hell breaks loose in America to establish a new country with the four states in Texas. And, uh, folks, if you didn't see that, we, we showed the documentation for it. Sam had the documents. So, Sam, in a nutshell, this is what we're looking at here. I didn't give the complete picture, but I said I had something that might influence your thinking on this. What, what, what's your first reaction to this? Okay, several things. First, that whole idea of Abbott being a traitor is based on his very good friendship with Governor Cabeza de Vaca. And the fact that Cabeza de Vaca lives in Texas underneath of Abbott's skirts right now, we don't need any more evidence just than that. But, yes, they're very good friends, and so Abbott is absolutely a rhino. Now, as for these infectons, I, I got out and bumped around the Republic a little bit over the past 10 days. And one thing that I saw, and I, I actually took a picture of this. I, I think I sent you a selfie with my blue jacket uh-huh, on, uh-huh. and behind me is all wealthy elite chinese and this picture was taken less than two miles from the rio grande and so what whereas before we had chinese sneaking through the bushes and then a a clear uh surge of chinese men of military age coming across the darien gap and then through central america and then busing across uh across the Mexican Republic, which I personally witnessed and observed with Chinese passports. And then now we have wealthy elite Chinese that speak English, that speak Russian, that are very clearly uh, at the top of their game in their, their nation. And a whole bunch of them were on my plane. And here they landed and were being separately processed for whatever reason. Uh, they were being separately checked and probably... They're going to be coming into the USA. They'll report at their cartel stronghold and be taken across the border, however however the cartel wants to do that. But I wanted to uh, touch the point of infectons, because do you know, ah, we've seen so many Haitians. But what I actually observed on their way to the border 
was a number of Ghanaians. Yes, people from Ghana, Africa, men, women, and children. And and I saw their Ghanaian passports. And what are all these Ghanaians doing on the border right now? Yes, Dave, this is where Marburg comes from, where Ebola comes from. It's those regions in Africa and people carrying those passports are sure enough coming to the Rio Grande to show up in a city near you. Yeah, what we've covered in uh, other broadcasts, Doug Thornton and I, when he was active uh, supervisor in DHS, they got briefings that included what my research found in 2014. When the first Central American uh, immigrants were crossing in mass into the United States under Obama in 2014, uh, I interviewed Dr. Jane Orient, who was the president of the Arizona Medical Association, and she said she was concerned about exotic diseases crossing the border. And the Border Patrol people that I had met, and I now have sources, they were telling me they had to change clothes before they went home because they were afraid of infecting their families. Well, Dr. Orient was saying her main concern was Ebola. We had 16 cases. We got lucky. We got very lucky. Nine nine cases were in San Antonio. And so I started looking into Ebola. The CDC will tell you 2 to 21 days for incubation. Keep in mind, folks, we're talking about transport to America. Ladies and gentlemen, we were at a key juncture, and I don't think it's an accident we were taken down. And now we're back. And uh, I was explaining to Sam about uh, my research on Ebola and how there's a 42-day, not a 21-day, possible uh, incubation period. Imagine if they follow through with their threats, Sam, and there's border, uh, there's martial law in the border states. They commandeer planes. They put people to relieve the pressure on the border is the excuse to move them into the interior of the country. If only a very small percentage of these people are Ebola positive, I mean, the damage could be done very, very quickly. Everyone that's on the plane is exposed. And then where they go, they expose everybody else. And you get the idea. And now the plane, pressed into service by the airlines again, goes back. Let's say it goes from Cheyenne, Wyoming, where it landed and deposited illegal aliens. And they go to San Diego, then to Hawaii. And now you have, you, you get the idea where I'm going with this, Sam. It's uh, This was the fear that's been expressed by Doug Thornton, myself, and others who have sources who know what went on in this meeting. This is very concerning. And you're... Um, your notation of what countries are involved in the fact they're from Ebola-ridden areas, that's very scary. You want to pick it up from there? I was just amazed to see so many Ghanaians with their Ghana passports on my plane. And the surges against the border are just on an entirely new level right now. now. You just mentioned something briefly, and I'd like to come back to that, and that is the rumors that Title 42 ending, which is just a week out from our recording, will that the border will be rushed by 800,000, a million, 1.2 million illegals from all over the world, and that the, the regulations will be even more lax than they are today, that those people will be allowed into the USA, sight unseen, no examination, and sent, bust, uh, bu- taken by plane to every corner of the United States of America. And it's already happening. Don't forget that Greg Abbott has undercover of uh, agitating these leftist politicians, bust immigrants from the Rio Grande to their states. And so undercover of of, uh, antagonizing the left, he's really doing exactly what you're saying. He's doing the bidding of the left, and that is running the dispersion of these completely unvetted migrants into every corner of the USA. It's happening right now. Yeah, it's happened, but they haven't taken the formal action that I mentioned regarding martial law, followed by commandeering the airliners. Um, When I first heard that, I was shocked. I said, that just can't happen. And my Border Patrol source said, Dave, this came to me from my supervisor, and I can't say it's not going to happen. It is going to happen. But then when Doug Thornton called me and said, you're not going to believe what I'm hearing, And I said, is it about the border and the El Paso meeting? And he goes, yes. And we compared notes. He's got the same information. Now we've come across other people. The leaks on this are monumental because you can imagine if you're an El Paso city official, okay, and you're in this meeting, you're not going to keep your mouth shut. Your city is going to be destroyed. And what's interesting is Yuma, Arizona went through this about three months ago. The Yuma mayor 
came out and said, Biden's destroying our city with unregulated immigration. And he talked about this for about 10 days. And then all of a sudden, he's off the radar. And here's why he's off the radar. Biden's people told him, shut your mouth or we'll take your federal money. But Yuma's in the same boat as El Paso, and pretty soon everyone along the border will be. And you're going to have people transported to the interior of this country who absolutely have no means of support other than the jumpstart that Biden gives them with our tax money, our Social Security money, and our free hospitalization and medical coverage. But other than that, they're on their own. And I'll tell you, criminality is going to be off the charts. That's why um, people from DHS were saying, well, we're going to have to declare martial law. But Mayorkas doesn't want to cooperate with that because he's already testified under oath to Congress that we have the border under control. So he's between a rock and a hard place. He's, you know, Walensky, uh, she recently resigned as the head of the CDC because of all the blowback on the vaccines and the, the misinformation on COVID. And now Mayorkas may be the next casualty for the reasons I'm talking about. Sam, uh, you obviously hadn't heard about this because you're south of the border and aren't really locked into the alternative media as well as we are here. But what's your reaction to what I'm telling you? I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned what will happen in the event of a debt ceiling battle in the, oh, in there, the event there, of government shutdown. There's news on that. The- Hold on, Sam. There's news on that. I could cut that off right here. McCarthy gave in to Biden. Seriously, okay. he basically gave Biden, Biden a blank check. Sign a debt limit. So tell us about that. Well, it's real straightforward. Uh, the House was holding a line. Biden realized, oh, I'm not going to negotiate. Screw you. And then he realized, oh, my gosh, they control the funding in the House of Representatives. So I better meet with McCarthy. And McCarthy acquiesced. He's allowing Biden to greatly increase the budget. I see. So do you think that there will not be any battle over the debt ceiling? <sighs> maybe because- maybe for show on minor points, but the agreement that Biden, uh, I'm not, excuse me, that uh, McCarthy and uh, Biden entered into this last week, I, I, Sam, I have to tell you this. Anything that happens now that shows discourse between Congress and Biden on the budget is for show only. It's just for 2024. Uh, the deal's already been struck. Biden's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. Okay. Do you not see, aside from the inevitability that the, the U.S. dollar will at some point collapse, do you not see a, a, a near inevitability of uh, SNAP benefits and all the government benefits, to include Social Security, do you not see that eventually uh, drying up suddenly with social ramifications, yeah. chaos ensuing? Civil war. Um, yes. Exactly. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of background feedback. It might be coming through my end to your end and back. Here's a feedback loop. But anyway, uh, to try to, to muddle through our, this bad connection, uh, it's already happened. Your instincts are really good on this, Sam. The um, I, I think the best way to explain this is that um, this is a collapsed economy move, com- You know, the debt ceiling going up the crushing economic weight of this uncontrolled illegal immigration, which they say will top out between 30 to 50 million new immigrants. And so that's catastrophic to our economy. We can't absorb that. And then you're talking about the breakdown of food stamps, uh, welfare payments, Social Security payments. It's the stuff that uh, puts people in the streets with guns. And I'll go back to a recent appearance I had on the John Moore Show with uh, Jeff Nyquist, who's an absolute expert on Russia and Chinese military. And he said the Chinese plan is pretty clear. Get America to fight amongst themselves, and this is what the Democrats are trying to do, get them to fight amongst themselves, do a, do a civil war, and China can march in, and it will be easy pickings. And especially since a lot of our uh, major military equipment is over in Ukraine, we're not going to be able to defend ourselves. So Jeff Nyquist and I uh, explored that on John Moore's show, and I think that's the next step. Yes, I think your instincts are right on the money. I'll tell you, that's what's happening in the north of Mexico, as the cartels began fighting one another, and then they became such easy pickings for the military. 
once they rolled out with their convoys of armored trucks and their gunmen, and they're out in the open in in agrarian country with not a lot of places to hide, that just made it so easy for the military to round them up, take their vehicles and destroy them, get rid of their military hardware to disarm those criminal factions. And so it's interesting that, that that's what the Chinese would like to do to the USA. I actually think in the USA that open conflict would be a good thing because at that point some frontier justice can be applied to internal domestic enemies which have had protection under a corrupt corrupt, uh, prosecutorial system like we've been talking about in Mexico. They've had that protection, but what happens once the uh, American people are fed up and they take to the streets? At that point, there can actually be uh, something of a reformation, something of a, uh, a cleansing. I wish I could agree. I think that would be the intent on some people. But I have information, and this is pretty strong information, that the Darien Gap, which you need to control to move soldiers forward through Central America into the United States in Red Dawn type of numbers, the Darien Gap has been seized and it's being held by communist forces from Panama and communist forces from Venezuela. And the onslaught is coming with the opening of Title 42. Uh, a lot of people think this is the approaching Red Dawn Army, and we have to go back in time for me to fully develop this just very quickly, Sam. When Please. my broadcast partner, Doug Thornton, was a supervisor in uh, uh, fighting Antifa in Portland, news broke across the country that there were three weapons caches found. I don't think this is supposed to be found or announced, but it did make the mainstream media. And Doug and I were talking at the time because he was still on, you know, active duty for DHS. And I asked him what he thought. He goes, this ain't Antifa like everyone's saying in the media. He said, they're a Molotov cocktail group. They throw bricks and rocks. He said, this is not their MO. He said, I said, well, who's it for? He said, China. And so we're going to have these people cross the border in mass. They're going to be distributed around the country. There's no question that's going to happen. How they're going to do it's the only thing to be decided. But they're going to come across weapons caches that have been prepositioned. Also, the number one nationality crossing our border right now are the Chinese nationals, young men of fighting age. An army is being brought into this country as I speak, and people can laugh. They can go conspiracy theorist, on and on and on. I'm just saying you better have your preps in order. That's all I'm going to say to the criticism. You better have your preps in order. And by the way, my opinion is shared by Jeff Nyquist. It is also shared by Doug Thornton, former uh, DHS supervisor. Uh, this is, for Sam, I'm telling you, this is coming. This is the takedown of the United States. Let me comment to a few points, and I'm going to agree with you on a number of them. Uh, Yes, the president of Panama is a leftist. He's a center leftist, and I I really think that if Trump were in power, we could have achieved a reasonable deal and a reasonable understanding with him. Instead, Antony Blinken was sent down there, and they had a series of shadowy meetings. So probably exactly what you are saying happened, happened, that Antony Blinken made him an offer that he couldn't refuse to keep the floodgates open for more uh, refugees, more invaders from South America, where millions and millions of people have been kept in camps. They've really grown up in camps. This is the problem with so many Haitians. They've never had a civilized life, a real education, a childhood in a village or in a city. No, they've been in a refugee camp, which is all controlled by the United Nations and their ilk. And so these people are just uh, brainwashed from their birth. The second thing is the only nation that borders Panama on the South American side is Colombia. And the president of Colombia is a hardline leftist, Gustavo Petro. And he just recently came to Washington and met with Joe Biden. And it was the most scripted meeting I've ever seen in the Oval Office at all. Joe Biden actually mentioned the Darien Gap because we in the conservative media, along with Mike Mike Adams and Michael Yawn, who actually went down and photographed the Chinamen coming across the Darien Gap, we forced it into the consciousness. So uh, Biden said, I'm concerned about the security of the Darien Gap, you know, mumbled and bumbled. But what was interesting to me is it was the most scripted meeting that I've ever seen from the Oval Office. Biden read what he his prepared statement was. 
Gustavo Petro read his prepared statement in Spanish, which was translated then, and then all of the press roared for about one minute questions in English and Spanish. Not a single question was taken. Both presidents just sat there uncomfortably for a minute, and then all the press was herded out. So why was that done? It was done because their meeting was a socialist love fest, where the, exactly the type of, of unholy alliance that you just mentioned is forged. Look, you keep open the Darien Gap so that it can be flooded with screaming Chinamen, and I'll support you in it, and we'll all be quiet about it. Hush, hush. And that's exactly the agreement that I believe was made in the Oval Office. The news blackout on it, even in the Spanish language, was mind-blowing to me. And that was the final nail in the coffin for me to understand that Gustavo Petro is what you have suspected for a long time, a hardline Maoist communist that's that's intent on destroying all of the Americas and our 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 way of life, freedom and our way of life. So I'm concerned that that exactly is happening. Now, we, we do still have Southcom. We, stu- we do still have our American military assets. And I, I've come to really like Laura Richardson, the Air Force general who is over Southcom with one main duty, a central duty of her position being to maintain the security of the Panama Canal. And don't forget that even if people get across the Darien Gap, they still have to cross the Panama Canal. It covers the entirety of the isthmus. And so we have a well-established American military precedent to lock down that entire zone with the U.S. military if that needs to happen. And so uh, we hope it does. We hope that our our flyboys and our mariners and our, our leaders of SOUTHCOM, like General Laura Richardson, do their job and absolutely fortify to prevent any further and larger waves of immigrants coming across the Panama Canal itself. Wow. All I got to say is, wow. Let me cover one thing, too, that you mentioned. The Mexican government making inroads against the cartel in the four northern states of Mexico. That ends if AMLO is assassinated. And I pray that doesn't happen, but I will tell you it's got to be it's got to be on the table, and I will tell you how it'll happen. Um, and I'm going to use a historical example to set the precedent. In 1963, Kennedy had already announced that uh, by Christmas of 64, the combat advisors are coming home in Vietnam, South Vietnam's on their own. The Diem brothers, the ruling uh, group in Vietnam, had agreed with this. They did not want what appeared to be a colonial force after French colonial rule on their soil. They wanted the supplies, but that was it. Well, the Diem brothers were assassinated by the CIA on November 1st, and three weeks later, Kennedy was dead. Let's extrapolate that to this part. I believe that the other side will not let Trump take power again, and they will, won't let AMLO be in position because Trump will bring Mexico into a close alliance with America, and we can restart our energy needs for the benefit of both countries. The other side will not permit that to happen, Sam, and they will take both men out. Let me tell you how close it has been to the narrative that you're describing in just the recent weeks. Okay, you got about 60 seconds. AMLO was over in the Yucatan, and he supposedly had a heart attack. He was rushed home to Mexico City, and then the news came out that he had COVID. A couple days later... He broadcast, I'm fine, I'm strong, they've given me up for dead several times. Just before that, he had accused the U.S. State Department and the U.S. Ambassador of being complicit in prior assassinations of a Mexican president and said this is the way that it always is. Of course, he was implicating Ken Salazar, the Hillary buddy, who's the U.S. Ambassador to Mexico, and also a good friend of Cabeza de Vaca. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. We we've crossed uh, a lot of T's and dotted a lot of I's here, and folks, you've heard Doug and I and the shows we've done. And I was on Doug Hagman, did an hour and a half on this. Uh, you've heard that, ladies and gentlemen. Now you're getting cross confirmation from south of the border. Uh, what's happening? I'm telling you. Uh, one, get on your knees and pray to the Lord Jesus Christ to protect you. He will not depart from you if you are indeed sincere in your following of the Lord. And the second thing I would say is. Besides pray, you better prep and prepare. Prep and prepare. Sam, we got about uh, 30 seconds here. Tell people how they can follow your good work. 
Thank you, Dave. My main site is gospelgunslingers.com. I have a Twitter. I have a YouTube. I have a blog that I'd really like to see wider dispersion on. Please uh, come visit me. Send me a note. Send me a prayer request. It's so nice when somebody comes around that wants to make friends or give a dollar who's not actually CIA. It's a real rarity. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Um, are, are you still broadcasting? I am. I'm on shortwave radio on Monday nights, and all the links and feeds are right there on gospelgunslingers.com. Okay, Okay, got it. That's a a lot of fun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are up against it. We've got to run, but uh, we will definitely follow up on this. Uh, Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, Excellent information, and I'd love to compare notes with you because this has been a really good show. I appreciate your your support, and uh, we'll look forward to having you on again. Take care. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.